Hi, Connected Parents. Um, today I want to talk about kids and how they're doing. Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. Currently, when I'm recording this, um, I've just found that a lot of the kids that I'm working with directly in my private practice, um, and a lot of the kids that my team is working with, and then a lot of the parents that I'm talking to are saying the same types of things. So I've literally had three conversations today in sessions with kids that I work with of all different ages um, that they're just feeling really down and really sad, um, pretty hopeless um, and angry and frustrated and irritable. And I'm just hearing this from a lot of the families that I'm working with as well. So at the time that I'm recording this, we're sort of in the middle of the round two, I guess, of lockdowns in a lot of places in the world. Um, COVID is still a thing. Um, you know, things are starting to look up maybe a little bit, but I think the kids are really feeling it, particularly children and teens who have been in lockdown and not in school. I know a lot of the kids, um, in California, for example, have not had any in-person school the entire year. They've been online, uh, the entire year and it's really tough. So, a lot of kids are feeling depressed and feeling very down and very, very sad. So there's a couple of things I want to share with you about how you can help your kids. First thing we have to be aware when our child is feeling very, very down, um, it can trigger anxiety in us. We start to panic. We start to worry that things could be worse than they are. We start to worry that they're going to stay this way, that it's not going to get better. Um, and we tend to move into cheerleading mode, telling our kids all the reasons why it should be okay telling them all the reasons why they should be grateful, uh, listing the fact that, you know, we still have a house and we still have a job and there's lots of people who are way worse off. And that is all true. And there is definitely a time for that because that's perspective taking, that's the frontal lobe. There's definitely time for that, a special time for that. But when kids are really down, what can happen when you do that is they immediately feel invalidated. And they immediately feel like you're not getting it. You don't understand. You can't hear it. Um, and they will escalate. And they will sometimes dive down deeper into some of the darker things that they're saying in order to convince you that things are really as bad as they say they are. So in our attempt to help and make things better, we can often make things worse. So the first thing I would do is recognize when it's a time when your child wants to be soothed or comforted or they just want to vent. And when it's a time that they're actually actively looking for solutions. Now you can come right on and ask that and just say, Hey, is this a time where you just want comfort and you just want to be soothed? Or, or is this a time where you'd like some answers? You'd like some help with this. You'd like to find a way out. And most of the time kids will tell you, I just want you to listen. I just want you to hear me. And that's where you go back to episode one and two you re-listen to the calm technique because this is where you're going to use it. You're going to soothe them. You're going to comfort them. You can offer to bring them something, you know, would you like a gravity blanket if they have one? Would you like some tea? Um, that can make them feel very comforted and very loved, but you just want to kind of sit there 
a lot of, mm-hmm, a lot of, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. How awful. What a terrible way to feel. I'm so sorry that your brain is doing this to you. I'm so sorry that you're feeling hopeless like this right now. Fight that urge to fix it, to make it better. Unless your child has said, do something. I can't stand feeling like this. What can I do? Then you can move into some other actual strategies, which I'll, I'll talk about in a moment. But it's usually that they just want to be comforted. They just want you to sit with them. Sometimes they don't even want you to say anything. They just want you to sit there. Just sit there and be present and be with them while they are struggling and suffering and hurting. Now, this is a very, very difficult thing for a parent to do. There is nothing harder than seeing your child suffer, than seeing your child in pain, that seeing them in this sort of emotional torment. Um, it is so difficult. And so here's a few things that you can do. While you're sitting and listening and you're just kind of mirroring back, you're just being present, you're just sitting with them, just holding space for this. You're going to, in your mind, remind yourself, this is a moment in time. This will not last. They will get through this. If And if your child is very emotional and goes through this often, they will bounce back. Um, so remind yourself that this is just a now moment and it will pass. You can, in your mind, just think about the pleasant things about them, funny things about them, picture them at a different time, picture them in a different space, remind yourself that they're more than just this moment. Don't let your mind go to, oh my God, and what's going to happen? And is it going to be like this forever? And so here's the thing. If, if you are really worried about your child, if this is ongoing, if they don't seem to recuperate, if they are saying anything about harming themselves or not wanting to be alive, then you call your pediatrician or you take them to emerge if you need to. If they are just really down and just suffering and just hurting then you have to be brave enough to be there. You have to dare to be there and just sit with them. Just hold space. Fight with everything you can, that urge to go, well, what about this? And what about the time when? And just really just sit with them. What you can also do is you can dart in and you can dart out. So if it's really heavy and really hard to be there for too long, you say, look, I love you. <laughs> My dog's shaking in the background. Um, it, it, this is, I, I love you so much and I want to be here for you. What I'm going to do though, is I'm just going to take a minute. I'm going to go and like, I don't know, go for a walk, have a glass of water, and I'm going to come back and then get yourself together and then come back. Um, if they're in what I call a vortex, which they don't usually do if you're able to just be present with them in this moment, if you're not trying to fight them and pull them out of it, then they'll often, it'll, they'll get through it faster. And I often, you know, tell kids this that I'm working with, but it's important for you as a parent to realize that ups and downs are very, very normal. You know, it's sort of like being on a, a trampoline that, you know, when you're, when you're down, you're down and when you're up, you're up and that these moments are going to come and they're going to go. And if you put too much emotional energy into them, like, oh my God, they're down. This is terrible. We've got to fix it. We've, we, I'm not going to feel good until they feel better. And, and to be honest, what happens so often to us as parents, it's so heartbreaking is that we want them to feel better so we can feel better. And when it's coming from that place, it's never going to work. You have to be able to stay with them where they are and just surrender to that and let them sit there. Now, again, if they're saying anything dangerous or life-threatening or if you're concerned at all, um, that is a different situation. This is just when they're blue, just when they're really down and they're feeling really sad. 
Um, and usually if you can sit with them through this and you can take turns, maybe your partner or your spouse, um, wants to kind of take over and just be with them for a second. Um, and then do that thing where you just kind of dart in and you dart out. And then usually what will happen is after about half an hour or so, they will lift. And when they lift, try not to be like, oh my God, you're out. You're feeling better. Let's, this is great. Come and do this. Just be like, nice. Good to see you. Like just have this nice, even kind of energy when they do um, come out of it. And don't put too much pressure on them. If you're too excited when they come out of it, then they're going to feel really stressed the next time to come out and perform for you. Um, if you don't notice them at all, sometimes that's a problem too. But if you just kind of casually and with with a great amount of love, like lined up with love, not fear, and you can tell the difference when it's fear, like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Here she comes. Um, you know, then they're going to feel that. that That's going to be so obvious to them. If it's um, a really neutral, like, okay, all right. So that moment is passed and you're back. That's amazing. Um, that, that can be really helpful. Now, sometimes what happens as a parent is you get really angry at your child and you think this is ridiculous. There's a lot of people who are worse off. We're babying them. We're just sort of pandering to this moodiness, you know, suck it up. Everyone else has to, um, or I was never allowed to do this. So why are they, if you're feeling your own kind of issues of resentment, anger, frustration, then again, that's also going to be translated. And if you're being really honest with yourself, that is also coming from fear. That's also coming from a deep place of fear, uh, fear that, um, you know, that this is unfair and that you weren't able to feel that way when you want, you didn't have the emotional space or room to do that even now, or as a kid, um, or it can come from a place of fear, um, you know, that if I give into this, if I somehow, um, reward this, then they're just going to be like this all the time. And that can also, uh, be radiated, um, and, and be a message that you don't necessarily want to send a lot of connected parenting. And if you go back and you listen to some of the earlier podcasts is really about neutrality, you know, just being very even and very still and very, um, solid. And if you can stay in that nice solid range then you're not going to be pandering to them. You're not going to be feeding into it. Um, if you, you know, stay there because you're so afraid and you're afraid to leave in case they get worse, then that energy is also a problem. And one of the things that happens, particularly with teenagers today, and this is a very delicate conversation, but there, um, there is quite a culture of depression and anxiety and kids are all online talking to each other about it. And they're all talking about their depression. And, you know, a lot of kids are like, what's wrong with me if I don't have something or they're, they're on the phone at night, uh, counseling their friends, which is really stressful. And if your child is already going through a fairly difficult period and they're busy talking to their friends and talking their friends off a ledge, that is a huge responsibility. That is too much of a responsibility. And they need the message from you that they don't have to be their friend's counselor. They don't have to be their friend's therapist. They are not a, a therapist. Um, they're going through enough of their issues. They don't also need to be responsible for a friend. So making sure that they know that, that they have some uh, helpline numbers that they can give to a friend or that they know to call a counselor at the school or if possible, alert a child's parent if their their friend is having a really a difficult time. But there's a lot of that where they feel like they have to be the therapist for each other or that they have to have... Um, Again, I want to be really careful about this, but sometimes there's a little bit of a histrionic quality to it that a little bit of like, ooh, 
I'm going to, um, to use this to show that I have problems too. Or sometimes kids will do it, you know, to get out of things. I can't do that. I'm not feeling good today. So when you stay really neutral and you stay really strong and you're anchored in that solid place of love, then your child will be much less likely to, um, to go over the top with this or to get so lost in it that they can't ask you for help. So that's a really important part. The other thing that's so key is that if you get freaked out, if you get incredibly emotional when this is happening and they are really struggling and they do really need you to talk to them, then they won't talk to you because they'll be like, well, I can't handle my stuff and my mother's stuff or, and my dad's stuff. Um, or I can't handle hearing how I'm lucky and I should feel good because one of the things that happens when you say that to your children too early, um, is they just feel terrible. They end up just feeling guilty and they end up feeling horrible that, well, I don't even have the right to be upset. There's so many people on the planet and so many kids with such, you know, many more serious issues. And I'm such a terrible, awful person that I'm selfish and disgusting and feeling horrible when I have no right to be. So when you go right to that place, which logically sometimes seems like the place to go because you just kind of think, well, if you just jig this a little bit, you're going to help them realize it. But actually that can make it far, far worse. So the stage one of this is just hold space, sit with them. You can sit with them in silence. You can say, hey, I'm just going to sit with you. I just don't want you to be alone when you're feeling like this. Um, you can just, and then gently kind of mirror and see if that helps. Um, and then usually they'll start to come out of it a little bit. And when they do, you're very neutral and very casual and they just move back into a, a, a different space. Once they're feeling a little bit better and they say something that sort of makes you think they're ready to talk about what they could do. And it's usually something like, well, do you ever feel like this? Or how can I stop feeling like this? Mom, I just, or dad, I just, I just don't want to feel like this anymore. I just want it to stop. That's an indication then that they are looking for some support. And that's where you can, you know, do some meditation. You can do some breathing. You can have them uh, reach for the next best feeling thought. You can look through a baby book when they were little. You could look through, um, I don't know, look through the phone and look at vacation photos. Uh, sometimes that makes it worse. <laughs> don't do that. Do something else. Just have a little toolbox of things you can suggest. Um, if your child is highly, highly sensitive, um, often they get very sensitive to food as well. And you'll, they might actually be hungry. So suggesting like three bites of a protein can be really helpful. Um, I do find that highly sensitive children often have their darkest times of the day around sundown. And it's, you know, it, it, there's a, a saying in, in, uh, in nursing homes that, you know, residents there will sundown. It's a typical time actually where a lot of kids um, and young adults and teenagers will feel particularly down when a day is ending. So often having like a, um, a complex carb around three o'clock and a protein around three o'clock or three 30 can really help with that. Um, if you happen to have, um, one of those, uh, full spectrum lamps, if you live in a place where it gets dark early, flipping that lamp on for half an hour around four o'clock in the afternoon can help. Um, Getting outside, just going and taking some air, although often they don't want to move when they're in that state and you don't want to be pulling them out of it too much. You want them, you want to be watching for them, asking for help and support. Um, lots of connections. So when they're not in this state, make sure if your child's going through a really hard time, which a lot of kids are right now, 
that you're uh, doing the baby play thing with them. Again, go back and watch earlier podcasts to remind yourself, like rubbing noses and tickling them and hugging them. And even with your teen, telling them stories about when they were little, um, funny things they did when they were small, um, that can really help bring out the oxytocin out. You'll get a big uptake of oxytocin, which is a cortisol blocker. Um, oxytocin is actually a, a, a hormone slash neurotransmitter. It's known as the love drug. It's a cortisol blocker and cortisol is the, the hormone that actually causes you to feel very stressed. So can adrenaline, it can usually come in combination. Um, and then just relaxing and knowing that this is a moment in time, try to control your own inner dialogue. The other thing you can do in your head, don't do this out loud in your head, just repeat to yourself. I'm sorry that you're in so much pain. I'm sorry that you're hurting. I trust that you'll get better. Like just repeat that in your head over and over and over again. That can help you control your, um, energy. And what I mean by that is we, when we're thinking something, it comes out on our face in little micro expressions in little twitch of the eye, a little turn of the mouth. And kids are so exquisitely sensitive, um, that they will pick up on that and they will start, start to take that on, on their own. And again, if you are concerned, if you are worried, make sure you're talking to your pediatrician. If you're really worried, take your child to emerge. Um, but we're just seeing a lot of sadness and depression and just heaviness um, the worst thing you can do is try to do this crazy kind of cheer them up type of thing. Um, a lot of parents go for that one. Dads often like that one, read the room. If it doesn't work right away, it's not going to work. And you'll, it, it just makes things a hundred times worse, right? So if you just come in and you try to be like too, and then they're too silly and they're really feeling down, um, that can sometimes drive them further down. Sometimes it'll snap them right out of it and humor and, um, you know, joking can be quite, quite, um, quite a wonderful medicine, but you'll know right away. Like usually there'll be like a little half smile. You'll see a little sign on their face that maybe, okay, fine. But if they're like full on flat and they're sending you every signal in the world that this is not working, you really do need to honor that. Cause then they'll usually get mad and then you'll be upset. Cause you'll think, Oh, I'm just trying to help this kid. What's going on with them. They're so privileged. They're so spoiled. There's so much to be grateful for. And you'll end up just sort of in this crazy polarizing spin from each other, which will never, ever help. Um, don't forget how powerful texting can be, sending little icons, funny little pictures of the two of you, baby pictures, things like that can really, really help. Um, and just know that it is um, globally seems to be a very difficult time for teenagers right now. They're kind of picking up on that global angst they're really um, tired of everything that's going on in the world. And for a lot of teens um, and young kids, if they're living in cold places, it's like the height of winter, it's the darkest of months. Um, things will turn around soon as weather uh, gets better. But if you're concerned at all, it really is important to seek support and seek help. So one of the greatest things you can do for your kids is get them help. Um, get them a therapist, get them a coach, just someone, another adult who can be a powerful, positive voice in their, in their world, giving them extra strategies and tools. Uh, sometimes it's like tutoring your child. They don't want you to tutor them. <laughs> they only listen to their teacher. Uh, it can be true with therapists as well, or a mentor. Uh, we certainly have a whole team at Connected Parenting. You can check us out at connectedparenting.com. 
Um, I also have the online parenting course, which can be really helpful with an amazing community there. And then go back and listen to the podcast. I've got families that email me uh, all the time saying, oh my God, I've listened to it over and over again. Keep it in your ear. Sometimes just listening to this over and over again can help remind you and can block out the worries and concerns that you have. Um, and these are tough times, but I think, I think things are going to change. You know, things are, are, you know, there are some changes coming on the horizon that I think, and certainly the weather's going to get better. Um, hopefully numbers will go down with COVID vaccine is coming out. So when your child is ready, then you can share more of the positives, right? Then you can have them think about big picture. Then you can have them think about all the things in their life that they can be grateful for. Just don't do it too soon because you will drive them down into the deepest, um, darkest parts of that mood. So hang in there. I know it's tough. Uh, you are not alone. It is not only your child. It is not only happening in your family. It's kind of a global thing. There, there are, you know, we have major concerns right now about the impact of, um, of COVID and the lockdown on kids' mental health. And I think we'll be unpacking this for a very long time. So go back, listen to, um, mirroring, get good at it. It is a superpower. It will help your child more than anything else. And I will see you next time. Hi, I'm Barrett Caleri from Connected Parenting. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. And don't forget to check us out on the web at connectedparenting.com and like us and follow us on Facebook.